you know, I, I still really don't know what to say, how to open these things. But anyway, Dave Melton here again, assistant editor for Second City Hockey, welcoming you back to another Friday show here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And oh man, I am so excited to share today's show with you guys. I mean, first off, in just a few hours, there's a real actual Blackhawks game that's going to start. So we have real, real life Chicago Blackhawks hockey to talk about for the first time in about six months now. So I'm, I'm excited for that. But even more than that, we've got a great guest here today's show for the first time ever. We have a former Chicago Blackhawk joining us. It's two-time Stanley Cup champion Colin Frazier. You'll remember him as a member of the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks team that hoisted Lord Stanley for the first time in about five decades when they won it back in 2010. Frazier retired at the end of the 2014-2015 hockey season, and he stayed pretty busy since then. Uh, He's just beginning his second season as a Blackhawk scout, and we talked about that a lot. He's also started working with a company called School You, and if you listen in on the podcast, I'll let Colin do all the explanation about what that company is and what it does, because it's a very interesting thing that I haven't heard about much before. We also briefly touched on his time with the Blackhawks, and he shared an incredible story about what happened to his helmet after the 2010 Cup win. I've only seen this mentioned briefly in a few places, so it's it's an incredible story. I had no idea that this had happened. A million thanks to Colin for taking the time out to join us for the show. Thanks again to you for listening, and hopefully we can keep getting guests just as great as Colin on future editions of the Friday show. So call your sons, call your daughters, call your parents, call your neighbors, call your brothers, your sisters. Tell everyone you know to have them come check out this edition of Second City Hockey's Friday show with Stanley Cup champion Colin Frazier. Yeah, no, it's good. We have Colin Frazier here, former Stanley Cup champion with the Chicago Blackhawks. Colin, thanks for joining us. How are things going today? Hey, things are going great. Thanks for having me. Obviously, with the majority of our listeners, we'll know you as a member of the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup championship team. With that being the 10-year anniversary of that team's run to the Cup, I've seen a ton of stories that are flashing back to that year, like there was a big oral history of Patrick Kane's game-winning goal. And I saw a little nugget in there that Patrick Kane touched on that I wanted to ask you about because it involves you directly. Apparently, your helmet disappeared after the game? (laughs) This is true. This This is is very true. true. So how how did this all happen? Uh, Well, how it happened is uh, when you win the Stanley Cup and we're in Philly and there's a million people in the dressing room after and we're all drinking, partying, carrying on, having a good time, there's stuff spewed everywhere. So okay. it's not like you put your, your equipment nicely in your stall because you'd ripped it all off on the ice and then the oh, trainers yeah. are trying to pick it all up and you're just, everything is everywhere. And they just kind of threw it in bags in hopes that they would, um, I guess, collect it all while okay. my helmet went missing <laughs> and they couldn't find it. And um, I didn't even know really, to be honest with you, I didn't even, it's not something that, that I really even thought of. And a number of years later, Gosh, a number of years later, like oh, five, six, years seven later. years later. Okay. Years later, I get this package at my door, uh, a box, and I open it up, and it's from one of Kaner's buddies from Buffalo. He had <laughs> taken the helmet from the dressing room that <laughs> night because we were all loaded or whatever he did with it, and he returned it to me. He mailed, like, Kaner must have got my address for him. 
and he sent the the helmet back with a picture of himself so it's you know it's the actual helmet and i had it on and whatever else the rest is history so i do have the helmet in my possession now oh that that's that's that was very kind of him to return it he was probably probably moving out and found it while he was digging through boxes or something pretty much and it makes for a funny story because it's like it's not something that i mean we have i have a set of equipment from every team ever played on you know it's not something oh that's my stanley cup helmet it's not something that crossed my mind like that but but it was a nice gesture when i got it in the mail it was a pleasant surprise so you retired three or four years ago what what were you doing in the meantime before i know you're you're back into hockey now but when you took those few years off what were you doing in that gap to kind of help fill the time because obviously you have a lot of time once you step away from the game like that yeah, yeah. So we're going on about year four of retirement. I it's kind of I like to tell people I was a little bit of a lost soul. So you, okay. you, you know, you identify as a hockey player your whole life, and you play hockey, and you know you're going to play hockey forever, or you know you're not. Sorry, not going to play hockey forever, but you feel like it's never going to end. And tired from Germany, come back. I was going to work with my financial advisor, and I was going to get into finance. And okay. um, I quickly learned that it's I wasn't really enjoying it, and it was it was kind of hard. It was hard. It wasn't, it was an uphill battle and I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it. So I started uh, looking elsewhere and I, I really just wanted to get back into hockey and you talk about hockey and it's what you do. It's what you are. It's what you know. So I started call. I called the teams I played for. So the Oilers and the Kings and, and the Hawks. And I had a meeting with Al McIsaac. I'd, I'd gone to Chicago for an alumni uh, event and I met with Al and I didn't necessarily ask for a scouting position, but more so, hey, I put my name in the hat. I'm looking for some some job. I'm looking to get back into hockey. That was probably I don't know in the new year, January, February, and I ended up getting lucky. Uh, the Western Scout, Western Amateur Scout, Kurt Hill at the time ended up taking the general manager position with the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, of the okay. Western Hockey League. So there was an opening. I was able to grab that new open spot in the West and the, the Hawks, uh, Al and Stan and Mark Kelly, the director of amateur scouting were, were, uh, I guess, believed in me enough to give me that position. So I did, uh, all last winter. It was my first year of amateur scouting for, for, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks out in the West. Obviously, when you were a player, you're watching a ton of hockey. You're, you're watching it live while your game's happening, and you're watching tons of film afterwards. Is it different when you're a scout? Like, is there a different way that you're watching the game now than you were back when you were a player? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because you, I mean, I had the best seat in the house on the bench, um, but you, I don't know. You're playing it, and you're into the game, and obviously, you see these, you know, intangibles players can bring, and the skill, and the speed, and the skating. But now as a fan, you're in the stands and I kind of just, you dissect it a little bit more, I guess, and, yeah. and analyze the the potential of the player. So, um, you know, where can he, where is he today and where can he get to? Is he maxed out? Is he, you know, just starting? Is he already a man or is he still, you know, going through puberty? Is he still going to grow? Like it's kind of a puzzle because we don't care how good the player is at 18. We want to know right, how good right. that player is going to be at 22 and 25 and 28. So, yeah, you I guess you'd look at it a little bit more in depth. But being a hockey guy, knowing hockey, it's, you know, it's not overly complicated. It's just, um, you know, a matter of having a good eye and paying attention and forming an opinion on a player, right or wrong or indifferent. You know, you got to have an opinion on, on what you think he can, is, what you think he will be, and, you know, how good you think he can be. And you kind of touched this on a little bit there about, you know, what you're looking for out of these players. But in, in your first year as a scout, like, is there things you learned about 
like the type of things you're looking for in a teenager that might project to him being an NHL level player? Yeah, I mean, number one, you got to bring an intangible, right? So not every player is going to be, you know, let's use Kirby Doc as the example. So not every player is going to be six uh, four, uh, two hundred pounds, highly skilled, good right. skater, very high hockey. Like not every player is going to have every intangible. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if player X is maybe not as strong as skater, well, he better be smart, have high hockey IQ, and have good compete. Or if a player is lacking in compete, he better be very fast and have good skill. Like, you got to have some kind of element that can potentially make you a player because there's only 700 jobs in the NHL. There's only 23 on one team. So it's very, very, very hard to make the NHL. So do one, two, or three elements very, very good that can give you an opportunity to be a player. So now this will be your second full hockey season as a scout. Do you, do you feel differently now? Do you feel more confident or more comfortable in this role? I do. Yeah. So last year where there's definitely a learning curve, even little things like travel and routes and, and how to best, uh, I guess, use your time to see all the players in the West. I mean, the West is, is a big area from Manitoba right. to, right. DC and then into Washington state and even Oregon a little bit. It's a lot of ground to cover. And we, I have a partner uh, in the West, Daryl May, he's been with the Hawks for 10, 11 years now. So he was a big help for me. And I guess learning the ropes and, you know, even learning how to file a report on player and how to uh, describe players, you know, and how to, I guess, use the software as stupid as it sounds. Um, so that, you know, Mark and Stan and the other guys in the organization can kind of see the players were talking about definitely a learning curve, but by November I was good to go. It was smooth sailing okay. kind of, you know, nobody had to hold my hand. So this year I feel, I feel ready and I feel excited really to, to get back in the, in the saddle. I mean, winter's coming, summer's over. It's right. Exactly. Hockey season's here. So it's kind of fun. Do you find yourself, is, is there a different way that you get excited about hockey season now? I guess maybe knowing that you don't have to go through a litany of conditioning tests and the slog of training camp. Like, is it a different feel knowing hockey season's around the corner and I'm not going to be like throwing up in a garbage can after a skating drill? 100%. I said, uh, <laughs> okay. people ask me if you miss, I don't miss playing for a second. I don't, I love hockey, but I don't miss playing hockey. So when people ask me to skate for beer league and, play with my buddies like I have zero interest in doing that I've played enough hockey but I tell my wife now like I like hockey maybe even more than when I played it or as much just in a different way I really love coaching the young kids I have an eight-year-old son and I run camps local to central Alberta I love being on the ice with the kids whether they're eight or or 12 and then I love like analyzing the game now and talking about hockey and watching and projecting players and you know as we went through the whole season and into the draft like which players we were going to pick like I just I really enjoy I really enjoy the game just in a different way uh from when I was a player so I don't miss training I don't miss vo2 tests I don't miss (laughs) I don't miss any of that stuff because it's not easy it's very hard to stay in shape and to stay at the top of your game and to be ready and good and playing well every single night is not easy and uh i don't miss that at all yeah i don't think the the average hockey fan just sports fan in general has any idea how what kind of shape it it is required to get into to be able to play any professional sport because when 
when your job is being in good physical condition, the amount of shape you can get into, I guess, that's the best way I can describe it. But you just you have to build up so much stamina, endurance, and strength and speed. The common person just can't do that because they don't have the time for it. So I can only imagine and, what and you guys have to go through. Well, and it's the mental side of it. So it's like we're humans too. I didn't feel like working out on Monday morning. But right. guess what? You get up and you do it. It's not just the physical side. It's the, the mental grind of it all. And, and knowing you know, that somebody is knocking on your door to take your job, the competitiveness of the NHL to make it to the league and then to stay in the league, you know, once you've made it, you can't be satisfied and kind of, you can't let your foot off the gas and say, whew, I've made it. It's like, now it's just ramping up. Now you got to stay there. It's not easy, but it, I do miss the competitiveness. I, that, I mean, I was a competitive guy, the way I played full energy, full tilt kind of guy, really miss that kind of stuff. The locker room stuff, the camaraderie, of course, I miss all that stuff. And I mean, that mm-hmm. just goes without saying it's a, it's the funnest part of the game and, you know, a big reason why you play the game. But um, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing now too. And speaking of things that you're doing now, and this is kind of a segue from when you were talking about coaching your kid on the ice is this project you've gotten in this company you're now involved with called school. You, I guess I'll just let you have the floor and describe it for everyone because you're going to know it better than anybody else. Yeah. School you. So it, um, spelt, uh, S C O O L and the letter U basically the platform is an online platform where we can connect players and athletes to the top coaches in their field. So this isn't limited to hockey, although I'm only involved on the hockey side, but it goes for, you know, basketball, football, tennis, golf, uh, music, drums, guitar, singing, producing music, whatever it is, it's, it's kind of limitless in the fields. And it gives, um, whether you're youth, you know, or an NHL draft or an NHL player, or an aspiring uh, player, it gives you access to the top level coaching in the world. So coaches on the platform, much like Ron Johnson, who's worked with Patrick Marlowe and Joel Pavelski, among others. There's Tyler Kennedy, who played at Pittsburgh, and Sidney Crosby in San Jose, New Jersey. And Dominic Pittis, who played in Switzerland, but has been the skills coach with the Flames and the New Jersey Devils. So, you know, a player could jump on the website and be uh, paired with these coaches in many different ways, whether it be a small package, a big package, online, in person, both, whatever it is, really the sky's the limit to, to how to get involved and how to work with these coaches. And then not only that, you can, you know, pair it with strength coaches. We have Ian Mack who, who uh, is from Chicago, who Hawks fans might be familiar with uh, as he works with Patrick Kane and Connor Carrick, who's with New Jersey and JT Confer with the Colorado Avalanche among other players. So a player could work with a skills coach and a strength coach. Uh, We have mental health coach uh, on the platform where they could have all three, or maybe they just want one really the sky's the limit as to how they want to package their deal to get this uh elite level coaching how did you become involved with this organization uh well i know connor carrick um with the same financial advisor so it was kind of through him and and uh he connected me to to these guys and, and then they wanted me to be involved and a big reason why i like the platform is when i think back to myself as a player a big regret i have is not investing in myself more and what I mean by that is uh, I worked hard and I worked in the gym every single day and I, and I played hard all winter long, 
but I, I never worked smart. So I was always so worried about putting weight on and getting bigger and getting stronger, and getting bigger and getting stronger. It's like, well, why can't I do that gym stuff and learn how to shoot a hockey puck and stick handle and work with a mental health coach or a mental skills coach, sorry, to, I guess, maximize my potential as a player. And, you know, would that have given me a longer career? I don't know, but at least I wouldn't be sitting here being, you know, having the regret of trying harder. So, and with that said, I was kind of, I was from a different generation. So not everybody in my generation did that. It was kind of, I failed to morph with the times of the younger players coming up working with skills coaches. So uh, there's, it's kind of a trend. It, It started in other sports first and now it's beginning in hockey where you know, guy like, like Patrick Kane had a hundred points last year and he's not satisfied. He wants to be better, you know, and, and Taze and like all these elite players, whether they're Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, whatever, they all want to get better. So why couldn't I have had that same kind of attitude and, and I guess invested in myself more in the off season. So that's a big reason why I like the platform. And then it's not, you know, it's not just hockey related. It's, what are you, what are you, a baseball player, a football player, a musician, you can, sky's the limit really to get involved and it's been successful and, and uh, it works well. And now we're going to start rolling out more of an online platform where, you know, a, you know, subscription typed uh, uh, business model where players could, or, or young kids could be connected to say Tyler Kennedy and talk to him, you know, about his game or what he can do better or send video in where Tyler could uh, analyze his video, whether that's from his, from a skill standpoint or a gameplay standpoint, you can just pick their brain and talk to them and learn more and, and I guess try to maximize your skill set and become a better athlete. And it seems like you guys are the way you're approaching is you're not just trying to help like a guy who's going to crack into the NHL, like the stuff that you guys offer might be able to help your random beer league. You're skating at Johnny's on Tuesday night in Chicago. hundred percent. It's guys the limit. I mean, um, it's not just for NHL guys. It's not just for aspiring NHL guys. I think it's for anybody who wants to use it and anybody who can improve their skill set. It, it's it's a grow. It's growing and it's it's becoming more of a uh, in across all sports more and more of a you know the way way the way to go really to to maximize the potential in your sport. And I I think this platform does a good job and it doesn't all, you know, the way the world's trending, it doesn't all have to be in person. It can be, you know, via Skype style thing or FaceTime or even just, um, you know, send the video and critique the video and send it back. Like there's many, many different ways and options to be involved. There's no one set right or wrong answer. So maybe you can be sitting in your backyard rink or you're sitting in your garage shooting pucks or stick handling or, or you're an NHLer and you are looking to work in person in a select location. It's kind of sky's the limit. And you mentioned the skills coach thing and how that's becoming more prevalent. I think it was, uh, I think Adam Oates was the guy that Jonathan Taves worked with in the off season prior to this one, when he went from like four, 50 points to 80 points. So like you mentioned that skills coach thing, it's really taking over the NHL. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's obviously one guy and there's Daryl Belfry and, right. um, that's the other name. There's many, and that's Kaner. Kaner's worked with him, and and there's, there, I mean, there's lots of them, right? So it's kind of, especially with these younger players, and the more the league's getting younger and younger and younger, it's like they all want to maximize their potential. You know, no one's satisfied. No one's 
oh, I've made the NHL and now we can just kind of let our foot off the gas. It's like, no, how can I get better and how can I stay in the NHL is a big, is a big reasoning behind it. I mean, everybody wants to be the best. Not everybody can be the best, but, but what you can do is be the best within your skill set. And I think that's where we can help guys out. So you've got the scouting with the Blackhawks. You've got the affiliation with school. You where, uh, where else do you see your future going? Do you think, are you looking to like move your way up NHL front offices or, or where, where do you see things going for you in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, it's funny. You get, you get that question all the time and that's not, that's not why I got involved back involved with hockey and scouting. It's not, it's not like I'm sitting there being like, Oh, I want to be a general manager. That's not how it, how it went. It's just like, I wanted to get back into hockey. And this is where amateur scouting is where the opportunity was. Mm -hmm. So I have a wife, I have three little kids. I'm completely happy with where I'm at. It's not really something that I'm thinking about today as to where it's going to take me. But at the same time, if, you know, a door opens, then I'll have to explore that opportunity. But just being part of the Blackhawks family again is, is the best. It's truly like they just, it's like I never left. And I always say that even coming back for the convention, um, even prior to having the scouting job, I feel like the Blackhawks just do, they just treat their you know, their alumni and their staff and they just, everybody just so, so good. They just do things so well and to be a part of that again. And now just, I feel like I'm part of the team again, just in a different Mm -hmm. way. And I, and now I consider myself very fortunate and lucky to, to be a part of what I call the best organization in sports. They're, they truly are the best. The fans, you guys are lucky to, to be able to, I know, no, we haven't missed the, been in the playoffs for two years, but yeah. the talent and the, and the in-game experience and the on ice talent and everything, it's like, it's so good. And, you know, looking for more success on the ice this year, obviously. And, uh, and I think they can do it. And I like the changes they made. And I think, uh, I think we're looking pretty good. Yeah. It does seem like there's a little bit more optimism this season that things are going to go better than they did the prior two years. So I, I think that, Hopefully we both have some playoff hockey to be watching come next April. I mean, we'll, we'll be watching anyway, but it's a lot more fun when the Blackhawks are involved. 100%. I got all my kids involved in the, on the Hawks. They all wear Hawks gear. Like we are well, Blackhawks fans born and bred here in, uh, in uh, Sylvan Lake, Alberta. <laughs> so I like to, uh, I'd like to watch some playoff uh, Blackhawks action too. Well, Colin, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we, I know we can find you on Twitter at Colin Frazier. The school, a school U Twitter account is official school U and the website is school U.com again, S C O O L U.com. If you're looking for information on that, you can, you can even book some time with Colin Frazier himself, if you're so inclined. Um, and anything else to share, anything else to plug before we let you go here? No, I think, uh, I just appreciate you having me on and I appreciate you, uh, making mention of, of the company and, and what I'm doing, uh, with the Blackhawks now too like i said i'm lucky and fortunate to be a part of the blackhawks and and uh and the school you platform and and really post hockey i told you earlier i was like a lost soul but i feel like i found myself really enjoying life and i'm just happy to uh to share my stories with others well and i I think plenty of fans are always happy to hear when players you know they you're you're in the limelight like nobody else when you're playing on the team and then sometimes after the players go on to other avenues in their career I think it's always it's always nice to hear when players are having just as much success off the ice as they were on the uh, on the ice so great to hear from you Colin and uh, we wish you the best of luck with everything going forward okay great appreciate it thank you da, 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 da.
Duh.